All right, welcome everyone to the Silver Lined Relaunch. And you know when you start talking to someone and you just immediately click, well, Emily and I have had that connection. We already were talking, talking, talking. I'm like, wait, 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 pause. We've got to hit the record button here. This is too good. I want you all to be hearing what we've been talking about. So. I am so excited to have Emily A. Francis with us. She is an amazing author. We're gonna talk about her book. She's got some emotion chart codes and things like that that she's gonna go over with somatic emotion chart. She's got the muscle emotion chart. She's got all these things, but the coolest thing she is going to talk about in her massive relaunch that she is actually in the process of going through right now. You're listening to The Silver Lined Relaunch, and I'm your host, Hilary DeCesar, award-winning entrepreneur and transitional coach. Each week, I'll invite you to tune into inspirational stories, revealing how you too can turn ordinary experiences into the extraordinary. Feeling stuck? I'll share step-by-step strategies to fuel your ability to experience a life where silver linings are both abundant and possible. So welcome, welcome, Emily. It is so good to have you with us. Thank you, Hillary. I'm so happy to be here. Well, this is going to be super fun. So I always like, because, you know, I know it is crazy, but there are maybe a few people who haven't heard of you, but after this episode, (laughs) they're going to know you oh so well. And so tell us a little bit about you and about your journey and what kind of relaunch you're going through right now. Well, um, I'm 46 now. When I was 23, I graduated with a degree in exercise science and wellness. And I did a lot of different jobs back then. I taught kickboxing. I was an aerobic director. I, I, I lived at the gym. I worked out all the time. And then when I hit 25, everything changed in my life. I stopped drinking. I was so dangerously close to the point of no return. And I started dealing with debilitating panic attacks and anxiety to where I became basically agoraphobic. And I worked on that for seven years, going to all kinds of healers, everything that I could do, herbal, For those that don't know know agoraphobic, tell us a little bit about it. Agoraphobic means that you don't want to leave the house. So I went from being on stage, loving life, the more crowded my class, the better. I always had the most crowded yoga class, the most crowded kickboxing class, and I fed off of it. And then it was like, I say that the mask dropped and the crazy appeared and all the things that I had stuffed down in my life came to a giant head and I went down. I went all the way down and it took me seven years to come back out and change everything. Do you know what really was that? What, what was the straw? What was the straw that, you know, was like, boom, no more. I can't take it anymore. And you kind of went over the edge. Well, I was, I was dealing with anxiety for a really long time. Now, how, um, how spiritual eclectic can I go here to really say with the big straw? Okay. So I went to tons of different types of healing. I went mainstream psychiatrist, psychotherapist, psychologist, but then I went way off the beaten path and I went to a shaman, which is a native American medicine person. And the shaman didn't want to know anything about me. And she went through my body and like, okay, this part's really good. Oh, this is 
all right, we have some issues here. We got to work on. I lost my dad really young and he was my favorite person in the world. I was a serious, serious daddy's girl. I was 13. Mm. He went to go play tennis. He died of a heart attack and he was gone. And and, and, and I was given about two weeks to grieve. And then it was like, okay, we're done grieving. You're never to talk about this again. And I was this little girl lost and with no outlet, nobody. I, I, and if I did mention it, it was like, you should be ashamed. You're being disrespectful. Don't talk about him. You know, and it was like uh. this, like shut thing. So when I turned 25 and I started really mm. changing my life and not drinking, all those things came up. So I went to the shaman and she did something called soul recovery and extraction. Mm-hmm. So a Native American um, indigenous medicine, they believe that like a, a, you broke my heart is real, that like the heart really shatters and pieces of it can go live on the other side. So when you experience incredible tragedy, you do become disenfranchised and pieces of you might go to the other side and sit with the person that you love and you never feel whole again. And what they do is they travel through the netherworlds and they return the pieces to you. Now, this woman knew nothing about me. She did not know that my dad died. She knew nothing. Mm -hmm. She did the soul recovery and she said, I brought back a piece of you that was 13 that was lying in a coffin and said, leave me alone. I'm with my dad. Now here's the part. Oh, I, I, just was, got I just got, Oh, I just got, chills. I was 13. She was exactly right. And in my, when I was laying there, I could mm-hmm. see arms because she said my dad had to bring me back, but here's the deal. I read so many books about shaman and soul recovery. And I thought I kept reading these people's stories that would say, Oh, I had this done. And now I don't have anxiety anymore. I don't have depression anymore. I don't have bowel obstruction anymore. And I got to tell you, I totally disagree in this way. You're bringing back a completely traumatized piece and putting it back into your body exactly like it was when the trauma hit. So same thing with like EMDR. What happens when you have a trauma is that that part freezes in time. So that part of me was 13 and never, ever grew. Even as you mature, those parts that are frozen and trapped in trauma don't mature. So to put you know that what I've heard, you know, you know what I've, you know what I've heard. This is a, it, it ties so nicely to what you're saying, is that I've heard that with trauma, especially, your subconscious brain will keep it deep within yes. until it notices that maybe you're now ready, and it could take five, 10, 15, 20, 25 years, and then it starts to roar its ugly head. Right? It starts to show it. That's yeah. My work now I'm jumping for a second, but my work is to work with trauma that has been sitting in your body. So a cognitive therapist calls it a trauma capsule. So when something happens, that's so outrageous that you cannot cope, you, you bubble it up and it goes into a capsule and then you drop it into your body and you're like, boom, mic drop. I'm done. I'm going to keep going with my life. But that part that digs into the body, I see it as a carrot and I see it planted into your soft tissue. So that is the basis of my work is to remove the carrots and change the dynamic and the dialogue inside the body. But it happened because of this. So when that traumatized piece came back into me, though I followed all of her instructions to try to help it find its home, I really lost my mind. I mean, I really like I was living up north. I was alone. I was working at this huge premier spa where all the celebrities go and Mm -hmm. it it was on sex in the city and all, you know, this great (laughs) stuff. And I could not deal like it was like Mm -hmm. I wanted to look at the people getting on the table and go scoot over. I can't do this. I need help. (laughs) I need it more than you. I need (sighs) it. And so I went, I quit my job and I moved back home Mm -hmm. with my mom and just I couldn't 
function. And so I started writing because I knew it was, I couldn't get anybody to understand the depth of my despair. And I knew that there was just, I knew there was a seed and I knew that I had the faith, but I had no idea how to come up and out. And so I did years of anything that was healing. I tried it. And I rebranded and I'll be honest, this is, you know, it's funny. I go into the super dark shamanic, but what actually brought me back to life was medicine. So people in the holistic field get very upset when I go here, but I'm a science and a philosophical. And what happened was I reached out to a guy named Tom Rutledge who wrote embracing fear. And I sent him a letter. I'm reading your book, but I'm a big fat liar. I'm a failure. I thought I could heal from spiritual means and I couldn't. And, and it turns out that I'm just full of it. And he wrote back and he was like, oh my gosh, wow, your self-talk is so dangerous. And he's like, but I have to ask you why you won't try medication. And I wrote back and I was like, nope, I'm completely opposed to medication. It's a no, it's a band-aid. It's this, it's that. No, absolutely not. And he wrote back and he said, okay, you're missing something really huge. The mind and the brain are not the same thing. And he said, you have done so much work for your mind, but your brain is an organ. And if it were your heart or your kidneys or your liver, you would not hesitate to get on something that could help you save your life. And your brain is missing the chemical balance that you need. And I want you to reconsider. And so God, I what sat, an amazing, I mean, what a life saving. It was like, bing. And I, mm. I went to my general doctor because I kept trying to get on a particular one and the, the uh, Kaiser only would do certain medicines. And I tried one and I felt like I was in a coma and I was like, no way, I'm never doing this again. But I went to my general doctor and I said, look, you know how sensitive my system is. Can we try a child's dose? And he put me on the step up every two weeks and I only did a child's dose. I never had to go above a child's dose, but it was like returning from the dead. I looked at myself in the mirror and saw something in my eyes that I had no idea was able to come back. And that is when, and what it did, I still felt the anxiety, but it put a wall between anxiety and panic. So I became functional and I could grip my life again. And what that taught me, and it has been my work since, is that there are memory systems inside your body, in your mind, in your brain, in your fascia, in the muscle mo emotions, muscle memory, somatic memory, cellular memory. There's different tracks and there's different memory systems. And when you can feed the memory system to remind your body how to function at a healthy optimum level, your body will take back over as homeostasis. You're reaching that balance and it will recreate itself in that image and give you a healthy life back. And because of that medication that I took for three years, I don't, I'm not on it anymore. I haven't been on it for a long time, but it did what it needed to do. Mm -hmm. And it gave me the chance to come back and to totally start new. So I went from being an aerobic director and kickboxing and all that. I ended up going to massage school. I'd already gone to massage school actually before this big thing happened, but I started writing. And then I started studying more and I went back and got a master's degree in human performance. And I had already gone through clinical and neuromuscular massage therapy, Reiki, I had already gone through. And then uh, I'm a specialist in the Dr. Vodder school for manual lymph drainage. I work on people post-cancer hmm. and it all started to make sense. And it made me be available for people that needed me to help them be reminded that one miracles exist. They are everywhere Two, your body is full of magic and wisdom. Your body knows how to function healthy. It does. So you have to figure out what your express circuits are 
to come in and remind it, go into those memory systems and say, hey, do you remember when you were really healthy and you felt really good? I'm going to help you get back there. And so that is the foundation of all of my work and my life's mission because I went through hell and I went through it way too long because I listened to entirely too many people tell me that medicine was bad and that it goes against our holistic ideals. And the only thing I regret is not doing it sooner. That is what saved my life. Okay. What you've said all the way from your, your, it was a quest, right? I mean, it was just such, you were on this path to try to figure out like, Hey, I got to get healthy. I'm trying everything. You were certified. My gosh, your certifications are off the charts. I mean, she's got everything, everyone. Um, interestingly enough, I too have been working with a shaman for over two years now. Um, it is life-changing. It really is. It's something that we don't have time to go into it on this one, but I, I really admire you and your openness. And when you lose a dad, a family member so quickly at age 13, and then the family just, you know, immediately you have your walls put up, you know, we're not going to go there. Can't, um, lots of similarities. Um, it's really interesting with the whole, you know, around death, but I, I really want to acknowledge what you've said in admiration, because I think too many people, they, they go down this path and there is this gigantic difference between the mind and the brain. And you did, you know, you so eloquently separated the two and you had done so much mind work, so much of, you know, positive thought, this and that, I mean, all these different things that you can do, but really there was a need. There was a chemical imbalance. There was something that you had to take care of. And so you went and said, you know what? And, and (laughs) embracing fear, but you know, how fortunate that you were, you know, reading it and you're like, ah, I've got all these things going on. And it goes to being vulnerable, being open, being willing and having that ability to hear and at that point, you're you're open. Can you share with us when you got that initial that that hey mind brain different? If you had something wrong in your liver, you would take medicine. You have something going in your brain. What, what was that like for you? What was that? Because that really was that. It was that the light was bulb that, moment. Wow, that's, it was no, the that's, light bulb moment. Because I listened, I gave my power away to too many psychics, friends, healers, all this stuff. And I let them run my life way too much. Mm-hmm. I let them pick and choose who I was going to date, what I was going to do. How, I was so broken that I just wanted somebody else to, to drive for me. And when I reached out to Tom, it was like the voice of reason. Mm-hmm. Because he was like, you're, he goes, oh my God, you've done so much work. You've done so much work. How much more can you do on self-help? <laughs> and he was like, and it's still not where you need to be. And, but when he said, if it were your liver or your heart or your kidneys, you would not hesitate in that sentence, in that one single sentence, it finally made sense to me. And I thought, my God, I take every herb I can. If I see a commercial, I'm ordering it. I mean, I was taking everything. Why wasn't I willing to try an anti-anxiety that can balance my brain that is an organ? And I never thought of my brain as an organ, because if you listen to people that don't really understand the difference, they interchange those terms, brain and mind. But your mind is where your thoughts and behaviors live. And your brain is where the chemicals live. Your brain is your motherboard. And your mind 
is not your motherboard. It's the, it's the highest self. It's the conscious. It's all the stuff that we study, the ego and the, you know, all those things, but it's, it's thoughts, powers, behaviors. It's where your visualizations, your meditations, your affirmations, those live in the mind. I mean, can everyone go and do a, you know, a, a rewind twice that there were about, you know, there's a minute here of just excellence. Gosh, this is so true. People mix them. They, they, mix they them. don't even, they don't even know that there is something different within. It's and it's so hard because when people go, oh, your brain is this. And I'm thinking, no, your mm. brain is not that your mm. brain is actually an organ. Your mind is what you're talking about, but it's also like, you don't want to keep, cause I feel like sometimes I become a little bit of a know-it-all because I've studied the body so much mm. that I try to curb myself now in not stopping people and going, Oh, I'm not sure that's actually, that's accurate because I, it's, it can be a little overwhelmed. Right. It's like, you know, it. Hey, the brain is where the dopamine, <laughs> the serotonin, yes. it's not the mind guys, the mind, not those the thoughts. Mind. The mind the does mind, not release yeah. chemicals. The mind doesn't own chemicals. Yeah. The mind, but they, but they work together. That's, the mind can, yeah. the, the brain totally. triggers the mind. The mind triggers the brain, of course, yeah. but they're not the same. And so learning mm -hmm. that, what this was my rebrand because all of a sudden mm -hmm. I became an author. And I have to tell you, this is my fifth professionally mm -hmm. published book, the one that we're talking about, but mm -hmm. I self-published seven books before I ever got picked up by a publisher. So I have been writing on healing nonstop and I've erased all the self-published books. They're all cleverly hidden into my new books. They're all beautifully <laughs> spread apart and cleverly hidden into the books. But yep. I, I, I got to work because mm -hmm. I realized that God put me here for a reason. And I didn't go through that much hell not to turn around and be of service. It just doesn't work that way. You know, so I, I got to tell you, this is, this is ringing. So true. I've got alarm bells going off. I'm in the process <laughs> of writing a book right now. And oh. I cannot tell you how therapeutic it is for me as you I write. write your way through. You will change oh. your life. This is why, and I'm just going to plug mm. it right now, but this is why in this book, Mm. There are journal entries after every meditation, ah. because even if you're not a writer, once you go through every body emotion, you will mark on it what part of your body we talk to, mm. what part of your body holds, holds the trauma or shame or grief or guilt or happy or connected or empowered, all that. Your, your, your soft tissues, they hold everything that's ever happened to you ever. So mm. if you were in a car accident. So let's say, okay, my sister was in a car accident. I could hear her voice. I knew she had whiplash. She lost her voice. So I do a clinical move where we actually dislodge the trachea and treat the cervical spine through the front and get the voice back because it's been pushed forward. Now we open it back up. So I went to her house just mere hours after the accident. And so I could re I could dialogue with the body. Hey, it's okay. This is a trauma. It has happened, but we're mm. going to change the level and the depth of how far you're going to be able to go in. And as I'm working on my sister and I'm asking her all these questions, I can visually see exactly how she's sitting, where she's looking, where the point of impact is because the muscles tell you. Now, when I ask her, she has zero recollection because that's the gift of the mind. You can right. eject, you right. can leave the body, but the body does not have an eject button. So every trauma or every insult or assault that has ever happened to you and every super joy and every time you are finally connected, those dive into the soft tissues. Those live in your muscle beds. They live in the fascia. And what happens is when you can bypass some of the mind, because your mind is open to interpretation. 
And it is, the Buddhists call it your monkey mind. The Native Americans call it the coyote medicine. It's the trickster. So because the mind can disassociate and separate, your body is the only one that's still holding on to the facts. This is what happened. This is where I was sitting. This is where I'm holding the trauma. Can you help? Because the body is signaling all the time. Me being a body worker, when I place my hands on people's bodies, it's like the muscles start going, me, 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 I have a secret, I have a secret, I need you to listen. And so I, you know, and what I specialize is emotional release. So I've worked on people that have had, I worked on a woman that had ovarian cancer stage one, and there was one kind of chemo that could save her life. Guess what? Her body rejected the chemo would not take it. The oncologist says, look, there's a lady in town. I don't know who she is and what she does, but go get her to make your body take this chemo. So she calls me up. My doctor says, come to you. And I said, clear your schedule. So she comes over and I immediately put my hands around the ovaries and let's talk about the secrets that you're holding. And it turned out that she was an incest survivor, that Mm -hmm. her stepbrother had touched her inappropriately when she was Mm -hmm. young and she never remembered. And then later in his life, he got sober and made amends and comes to her and says, I'm so sorry that I did blank, blank, blank to you. Within three months, she had ovarian cancer that fast because that's what happens. And there's not enough information. And when you start to do it and you don't have all the science, people go, well, that's BS. But guess what? My whole life is about this work. So we went through the crying, the heaving convulsions. I pulled up a trash can in case she needed to vomit. She had a child that same age. So as you take the victim mentality, what did I do wrong? Why did I deserve this? What did I do? I put it in as, let's talk about your daughter. Would it be her fault? Would this be her fault so if something yeah. like mirror this happened it, to mirror her? Mirror it onto her, and she's yeah. just bawling. No, my child is so innocent. She would never do such a thing. <sighs> That's you. That's your body. I need you to give the forgiveness. I need you to talk to your body. Guess what? The next week, her body took the chemo. She's 12 years remission. 12 years. Now, what part did I play? I just got to hold her hand. I hate when people refer themselves to a healer. I am not a healer. I just got to play. I got to be the hands that God used. That's what I did. But to what you're here, but, but wait a second, you were able to do that because of your journey. Yes. Because yes. And, and it's a gift you did have. Yeah. That is your purpose driven life, right? And that is is an honor here. Yeah. A great honor. And I get Mm -hmm. to be the hands and the, and the listening ears, you Mm. know, for, for the, for the information being downloaded. And as I watched her miracle unfold, her life completely changed. And every year on her birthday, which they do when you've had cancer, you have a different birthday. It becomes the year that you survive. So it's the diagnosis date and survival date. And so every year I get a little email. I'll never forget the part you played. I'll never forget. And watch chills, chills, not just not all the way down my arms, my legs, everything. Yeah. What I know and what I can tell every person that's listening, if there's anything that you're going through, there is more than one way to get to the end game and healing. So you can go down the, the allopathic path. You can go down the complete, uh, you know, super spiritual path. Don't leave one out. Don't leave one. Don't only decide that you can only do this way integrate them, be open. You know, people, I have a child who has recovery from an autism spectrum diagnosis and people hear that and flip out. I'm in a book we're on where I've helped families as far as Egypt to find their right therapies. And it took 
mean stopping to listen to all the mainstream and put her into other places. And all of a sudden she became verbal. She potty trained. It was like watching her brain open up. It was something called craniosacral therapy, just so that anybody is, if there's any question, that's what it was. And they removed her diagnosis within two years of initially diagnosing. And we had her diagnosed through three avenues and we had her re-diagnosed uh, through two and they both agreed. She does not exhibit any symptoms anymore on the DSM-5 diagnosis. We are That's going incredible. to remove it. That's incredible. There, you said, it is incredible. You said, you said more than one way to heal. We have to remember There is that. more than one way to heal. And I have to say this to all you moms out there. You got to listen to your mama soul. You have to. You cannot. It's the same thing that I did when I was going through anxiety and let all my holistic healer friends be my voice. And then when my child got diagnosed, I let all the therapists be my voice. And when I finally took my power back and said, this isn't working. What you guys are doing has yielded almost zero improvements. She had a three month developmental increase in six month time, doing everything they said to do, doing the diet, doing four hours a day of one-to-one -one therapy, going to a solely autistic school. It was so intensive and it was three months development in a six month time. So she's developing half at the rate of a neurotypical child. The God. next six months, only adding in craniosacral therapy, she had a 14 month developmental increase in six month time. 14 months. Hmm. So all of a sudden, by nine months after that, she no longer met any criteria hmm. for an autism diagnosis. So, so I have one on I have, I, I have one on one clients that I am hoping right now they have autistic kids. I am hoping they are listening and taking I'm praying in. because it's yeah. hard. It's I hard really, for people to say, yeah. look, go find your craniosacral therapist. Yeah. Go to upledger.com, search find a therapist, put in your, your address, and it'll go top to bottom, most trained, mm. most trained therapist. Mm. You need mm. a pediatric therapist. Don't just go for the adult one. Pediatrics are completely different. But I, I offer that because mm. The way that I treated my own self for agoraphobia and anxiety is the exact same plan that I did for my child. And that is that you have to treat the entire body aspects, which means your physical body, your emotional body, your energy body, which people forget, and your spiritual body. Without all four of those aspects, you are going to miss the, the biggest potential that you could have for healing. And that all of those healings are actually in a different book. It's called whole body healing that I, mm. I actually released a year ago. It's your manual for all the different healing modalities that I could find around the world. I host a show called all about healing on healthy life radio. And I get people from all over the world to teach me about different healing modalities that may not exist here or they do exist and we haven't heard of them. And then when you start to Google it, they're like two blocks away. And you go, oh my gosh, it's right here. Isn't that the truth? Oh my gosh, that happened to our family. It happened that the number one person who handles this is two miles away. Two miles, it's exactly. Two, two miles. And so, okay. All right, so exactly. hold on, hold on, hold on. We are, I know, I like just, I said. I know, I talked too fast and I- Yeah, but Emily, but I, I mean, and then I, I told, I, I started this whole episode out with like, really, seriously, there's so much here. And literally there's so much here. But I have to get to one- one other biggie that's going on in your life. Please tell us where you are right now in this relaunch location. If you can see her, she's showing me her boobs, girls and boys. And it says Malta. Malta. <laughs> All right. Malta off the coast. Is, of, uh, yeah. Off the, coast, off of the Italy. coast of Italy, but it's not Italy. It's its own country yep, yep. out in the middle of the Mediterranean. 
Mm. Last year, I just knew that I was living in the wrong place. And if I learned anything from my daughter, where were you living? Where were you? Wait, where were you living living in the Bible belt of Southern Georgia? Okay. So you were in, yeah, in that area in Georgia. And now a year ago, it was stifling. It was just stifling. It was was a stifling place for me. And I'm watching my child and I'm realizing that your environment can dictate that your level of ability to heal and to grow and to expand. So I'm begging my husband now that we're in lockdown and you don't have to go into the office every day, let's get the hell out of here. (laughs) And, uh, and all of a sudden my husband's boss says, wait, don't move because there's something big coming down the pipes and I don't want you to move twice. And so him and his wife were taking a European vacation because they're both European anyway. And we had already been talking to Malta. They got sidetracked because of COVID and had to come to Malta. His wife said, I could live here. Boom. The boss was on the phone with the prime minister. They got a grant. We're, and my husband looks at me and he goes, do you want to move to Malta? I was like, yes, we had never visited. We got on a plane. I made my cat a therapy cat so she could fly with us. I've got my children, my cat, three dogs on the cargo flight coming 10 days later. We moved not having visited. And I just knew that it was the first time in my whole life that I was called to brave and I took it. Mm-hmm. And I said, called yes, and brave. I was called to brave. You know, actually I'm like working on a children's book about being called to brave. Cause I wrote it for my kids here because mm-hmm. they had to go to a new school during COVID where I couldn't walk them in, couldn't meet their teachers, didn't know where they were going. Didn't even know what part of town it was in. We get accepted into the school. So you know what I did? Cause I am the mama beast. I am officially the van chaperone for my children's van. And I go to school with them every day. Of course you do. Of okay, course those, I do. For those listening, tell us the age of your children. Six and eight. Okay. So now we they got, just turned seven. Yeah, we, so seven and eight. Yeah. Okay. So, so little kids, we still have little kids <laughs> that are still, and you're now in Malta and I can again, appreciate glorious. what you're going through. We were in San Francisco. We we then went out of COVID. We're like, we got to get out of here. In three weeks, we're moving to Boulder, Colorado for a little, you know, Rocky Mountain high, little air. We need some yes. hiking. We need some like, you know, back to like the, 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 the base of where we went to college and everything. So I totally get that. Yours is a little bit further, but I awesome. Oh, honestly, I have to tell you, I'm so proud of myself. And I'm I'm so proud proud of my family and my children because I've never been so brave. Never, never. And and if you want to follow me, go to my blog. I've been writing since I heard about Malta. It's called mymaltalife.com, mymaltalife.com. And if you read it, it goes oldest to newest. So you can read when I first heard about Malta and we're trying to get our passports and figure out life and, you know, all the stuff. So it starts uh, like six months before we actually move or maybe four months, uh, May, it starts in May and we moved in August, whatever that is. And, um, I wrote, I wrote my way through. So it's my Malta life. I, I take you with me. You can see tons of videos and pictures and, and life here. And before you do let me go, I do have to plug it. Cause I am here to do it. Healing ourselves whole. And it's a, uh, an interactive guide to release pain and trauma by utilizing the wisdom of the body. This is the one with the meditations and the journals that I was telling I, you about. I, I think we are all going to get that. I mean, it is so great. And I I, I think it's so fascinating because about six months ago, uh, my husband, E and I were thinking like, okay, Sardinia, any of the islands, right? Off of, you know, Italy and we, Malta, there's Go. all, it's so Go. crazy that you're like, 
guess where I live? I'm like, what are the chances? I'm telling you, you know what? Here's what I have to say. I, I, first of all, Malta is a GMO free country. So when you go to the grocery store, you don't have the organic and the regular section. It's all organic, all of it, all of it. And you cannot carry a gun here. There are no guns. Mm. Even the police barely carry guns. It is what it is labeled one of the safest countries in the world. Do you know how it feels to take your kids to school and not start praying from the second they're out of your fingertips that something horrifically tragic is going to happen? Mm. I have to tell you that the freedom that I feel. It, it was crazy. We, we got lost and we were about to go onto a dirt road and there was just my car with my kids and one man somehow shows up. I don't even know where he came from. And he's like, roll down the window. My immediate thought was I'm going to run over his Heck feet. No. And then if he tries <laughs> to get to my kids, I'm going to run into his knees. And then if he tries to reach them, I'm going to run them all the way over. This was my thoughts. Mm. He's like, roll down the window. I roll it down. He goes, ma'am, your car's too nice for this road. I'll direct you back out to the main road. I was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> All I'm thinking is how I'm going to run him over. And he's telling me, I'm going to help you. The, this is like living 40 years ago. All the things you dream about, mm. it's like 40 years past. People help people here. It's not, mm. it's just, it's amazing. So if you're thinking so about any of these places, do well, it. Yeah, I am. I'm going to be contacting you soon. I'm going to be like, hey, hey I'm me. here. I'm hey, here. I've got, I've got so, a place. So when you are now here, how are you conducting your business? Because what I have heard, you're an energy worker, right? And you're continuing to write books and all that. Are you, can you do this via Zoom calls? Can you do this? You know, how are you operating around this? The only thing, you know, I, I could do distance work, but I don't, I don't, I haven't been in practice quite frankly, since, well, when my child was diagnosed, I put everything away sure. except for the writing. And I haven't really gone back to a full practice since then. So I really write as, as my mm. practice. Second of all, I'm not actually allowed to work here. My husband has the work visa and I am not allowed to work here. So even my little van thing is supposed to be a paid gig. And they're like, okay, where do we pay you? And I was like, uh, uh-uh, give it to charity. Mm. Don't put it in my hands. Um, it's just not, but, um, here's so what I'm really good at. Wait, so wait, you have to actually at this point, since you're not allowed to work, Mm-hmm. You can write. Yes. You can, you can, you know, go deep. You can have a lot of quality yes. time with your, you know, this personal self time. Yes. I, wow. What a, well, I still a have right my radio there. show. I still have my Wednesday yeah. night radio show out of California. Cause you can do it audio, yeah. but here's, um, here's what I, uh, I forget what I was going to tell you about the, I can't work, but Oh, here's what I'm really good at. And mm. this is what people can reach out to me for. I am a fantastic matchmaker in healing. Fantastic. You can email me and tell me what's been going on. And I will sit and meditate and email you back, not immediately with what I think is the way to go for your healing, whether it's a EMDR, naturopath, homeopath, craniosacral, this kinds of different massage, orthopedic or Reiki, or maybe if you're not into Reiki, you can do healing touch or therapeutic touch. This is all in my book, whole body healing as well. But, um, but I am really great at helping you pair. And not only do I help you pair, but I will go to the lengths to find you your therapist in your area, especially if it's like craniosacral, because I want to help you find the best trained, because that is something that you have to be mindful of. As a lot of people say, they're really well-trained, but when you ask for those papers, they're nowhere to be found. And I need to know that you're legit or I'm not recommending you. So that's really, really important. Beautiful. 
Okay. Well, unfortunately we are now going to have to wrap, but I always wrap with a few rapid fire questions and I'm going to do it right now, really quickly. Um, I know you have a pool right outside your door. I do. (laughs) What is your go-to poolside drink? Oh gosh, I'm horrible. I'm a water drinker, but I will have uh, I was thinking you might even like. say hint, and then I'm thinking, no, is she going to say cider. hint? No. I do like yeah. cider. Okay. I do. do you, I like cider. Do you make cider. your own? Are you a no. homemade? No. no. I go but right hey. down the street and get my GMO-free cider. Yeah, and I was going to go. say, you've got the best of the best. Okay. And if somebody were to come to Malta, what would you suggest that they must order at one of the restaurants? Pastisi. Pastisi. What is that? It's a pastry with ricotta. Well, they have different kinds, but they have, they have pastisserias here. Mm. That's their, so it's one of their signature dishes. Now, one of the other signature dishes is rabbit, but I haven't tried it because I can't mm. bring myself to do it. And they have pastisserias all around. So anywhere that you're walking and you know, what's crazy. I got one the other day because I was really hungry and I thought, you know, I want a ricotta pastisi right now. And he, I, I didn't understand because the Maltese speak English, but it's a really thick accent and it's very sing-songy. And so I misunderstood and thought it was like four euros. And I was like, oh, I don't have change. It was 40 cents. <laughs> it was, How awesome was is like, that? Ah. So yeah. I would say a pastisi. If you're coming to Malta, you really can't leave without gelato and pastisi. Okay. And one of our favorite, favorite questions, which the women out there especially are loving, which we've noticed, uh, what is your favorite beauty product by name? Oh, oh gosh. Dr. Debbie Palmer's beauty products. Um, Replier, Replier, R-E-P-L-E-R-E. Her face care products are the bomb.com best on the line. So, so awesome. Okay. And last but not least, What does powerhouse of possibility mean to you? It means your call to yes. It's everything. Bam, mic drop. It's everything. Call to yes. Mm. Just all right. Listen, that was like so awesome, Emily. (laughs) We will put all of this in the show notes. But if somebody wants to get right to you right away, you gave us so many different ways. But what would be that one? Go there right now so you can get in touch. Oh, email me, healingourselveswhole.com. Healingourselveswhole.com. All right. And I will respond. I promise you. I'm very, very good about being in touch with every person that reaches out. You are the best. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it it was my pleasure. So much fun. All right. We will be back again next week. Thank you so much, Emily. Take care. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the Silver Lined Relaunch. If I said something today that resonated with you, will you please head over to iTunes right now and leave us a five-star review and share this episode with others and help them find the silver linings as well. And don't forget, You can have immediate access to the show notes, any giveaways, and the links to those amazing beauty products at therelaunchco.com backslash podcast. Until next time, 
there's always a silver lining. And now is the time to hit the reset button to relaunch those transitions into transformations.